0: from the front lines of the Green Rush. This is Green Entrepreneur, where business owners talk about how they found success in cannabis and how you can too. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Green Entrepreneur podcast. My name is Jonathan Small, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Green Entrepreneur. So in 2008, Garen Heslop, my guest, was in a devastating motorcycle accident, which left him in constant pain and prescribed pharmaceuticals. He quickly began depleting his quality of life and really changing who he was. So he turned to medical cannabis as an alternative and immediately found relief without any side effects and that constant feeling that he was losing himself. And his newfound discovery turned into a newfound mission, and he and his wife, Kelly, launched MedCare Farms and put all their time and energy and finances into making cannabis available to as many people as he could. MedCare Farms has quickly become one of SoCal's largest craft cannabis and lifestyle management companies. Garen is here to talk to us about how they got to where they are and what you can learn from his story. So without further ado, I bring you Garen Heslop. Tell me a little bit about your company and kind of like a little bit of the origin story, like why you got into the cannabis business, et cetera.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I appreciate that. I think really, you know, our biggest driver is a why, right? And why we got started, you know, back in 2008, I was on a motorcycle, my motorcycle, and uh, this guy had to yield to make a left turn, and I'm going about 45 miles an hour, Right at the last second, he pulls out in front of me. I couldn't go left, couldn't go right, couldn't stop, went 45 miles an hour, head first inside of a truck. I remember the feeling right before I hit, just knowing I had no control of what the outcome was going to be, whether I was paralyzed, dead, okay, whatever that is. At that moment, I had nothing I could do to change what the outcome was. And that was a really crazy feeling, right? And so I hit the truck and I, I woke up and all these people were around me. I just remember waking up and feeling so blessed. And I was happy, you know, that, that I was alive. And it was funny because it really tripped everybody out. But going into from there to the hospital and then my recovery, and that's really the recovery part is really what transition, what our mission was for cannabis. I was
0: prescribed. Well, let me tell you, first of all, what were your injuries, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, I'm, my
1: whole arm. So my, my if I, you can see my elbow right now, I have a huge scar there. The, my whole bone was outside the skin and my elbow was just completely incinerated basically. I had I was in surgery for like eight hours just getting all the asphalt off the bone. They all thought that they had to almost had to amputate it. So I'm blessed they didn't still have it. I lost a little bit of uh when I straighten it, this one doesn't straighten all the way, but I work out every day now and you know I'm I'm blessed and, you know I'm okay. I recovered from that. I had some short-term memory loss because I hit my head so hard, my helmet split open. And then I just had some, you know, other auxiliary
0: issues as well. So, so I cut you off. So you were, you were, the the treatment, the recovery process was complicated for you at first.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I'm the type of person that, you know, I get up at five 30 and I just go, that's just how I'm built, you know? And, and, you know, this really took that away from me with with what I felt like is the doctors weren't trying to find a solution to help me solve the problem. They just always were trying to mask it. They're masking it with Oxycontin ambient, all these different prescription pharmaceutical drugs. And I wasn't finding, because I'm very solution oriented, right? I wasn't finding the, the solution. I was just finding something to mask it. And I kept talking to them saying, hey, this isn't, what else can we do? And they didn't really have. They weren't trying to find, how do we solve the problem? They just wanted to push these, these on me. And this was 11 years ago when not ever 12 now, not when everybody understood, you know, the dangers of that, right? And so one day my wife, she was in the army for eight years. She's a, a veteran. She used cannabis to help her. She was like, hey, this is changing who you are. And you, you got to stop doing that. Try using cannabis. And I've, I've used cannabis in the past, but never for medicinal purpose, never for, you know, a point. And so I was like, okay, you know, hey, what do... At this point, I got nothing to lose, right? I'm, I'm basically losing myself, who I am, what my beliefs are. So I made the, the switch, the adjustment, and, and I started using it to help me sleep, help me eat, and really just getting back to having a normal way of life and be able to exercise again. And I use cannabis for before I work out, and it helps me for some different stuff as well. And so just started in that transition, I saw what a difference it made. And I always say it didn't just fix everything, but it allowed me to get back to having a much better quality of life without all the negative side effects. And also during that time, one of my best friends, he was a bank manager at Bank of America, had two kids, ended up robbing banks to support his Oxycontin habit. And he was just on his bicycle, you know, same thing, got injured and they prescribed him that and he got dicked to do it. And then my cousin, he ended up shooting somebody in the back of the head over Oxycontin as well. And then, so I saw all these things happening and just everybody knows people that have been affected by prescriptions by pharmaceuticals right almost now everybody has a relationship or or seen it firsthand and so i was seeing all this happen i said you know what cannabis helped me i need to beat this drum i need to make sure that we can make good clean medicine and have provide access to it you know and that's really where we started was you know in the medical market and and that part of it and just trying to create that awareness that there's a better alternative for a lot of these symptoms that you have that you can make that transition to and cannabis is is a big one of them there's it treats a lot of different things it's really an incredible plant. that in essence is the why is to really i believe in it in my heart and in and, and, and have that passion so that is after that motorcycle accident i recovered and then I moved down to California, me and my wife, and, and we, we said, hey, what are we going to do next? Because up in Washington, before my motorcycle accident, we owned a real estate company. Um, we were successful in that, but we, we, you know, I lost everything from that, right? And so it was, uh, this is something we believe in, we're passionate about, let's start this journey. And that's, that was really like the foundational why of how the journey started, you know?
0: So the motorcycle accident really affected your life to the point where you couldn't do your job anymore?
1: Correct. Yes.
0: Wow. So you guys moved down to California with a fresh start, and then why did you decide to actually get into the business of cannabis? It's one thing to know about the sort of um, benefits of the plant and to have it save your life the way it did, but it's another thing to transition into becoming an entrepreneur in the space. So tell me a little bit about that origin and and kind of how you started to get into the business.
1: Yeah, and, and that's a great question. So when I came down, would work to source cannabis, and it was hard to find. Something that you could trust consistently, you could find the same, you'd find a strain that works for you in a different way. And then it was hard to find it again. Right. And so I saw that need, I saw that gap. So, you know, I said, Hey, we're, we're well equipped to, to take this journey on. And, and it was, this has been one of the most humbling Difficult journeys to take. Can people don't understand really all the challenges that come along in the cannabis, both back in the medicinal part and in you know now on the legal side. But we our focus really started on the cultivation, and we said, hey, if if we can develop this, we can provide consistent, clean meds for people. You know, we're going to build something that people can trust. And to me, the plant was always a foundational right that's from the plant you can build anything else and you know and you can learn how to do the, the other parts but every part of this process is reliant on that plan and she was one of the most humbling learning experiences because i'm, I'm one of those people i just don't we don't quit so i've we failed many times you know I had crops where you know we should have had 30 40 pounds and I had four pounds and it was more work because you're fighting battles and that's the thing is I went from owning a real estate company to now getting into cannabis to cultivating to now I got to know how to do ac now I got to know how to do electrical now I know how to have to do plumbing because back then you couldn't really outsource all this stuff and find people that are specialized because there's so many other things that kind of went along with it. Right. And you know, so you learn, I always say I'm a, a PPS professional problem solver. You always that's anyone that's successful in cultivation, that's the skill set. That's their biggest thing, is is problem solving and minimizing variables. And I've been blessed because put my heart and soul into it for a decade and and now we're really starting to have people see the result of that, right? And, and understand the outcome and the end result, but also understand the part that the journey that really took to get
0: there. So tell me where you're at now. What, what Tell me a little bit about MedCare and, and what you guys provide and, and all the different things that you guys do.
1: Yeah. So we're, we're in Southern California. We're in Lake Elsinore. We have retail in Lake Elsinore. It's a micro business. And what's really cool about that area is it's right off the 15 corridor. So it's like the best exit, easy access off, easy access back on. You can get in and out, but really like so the retail that we opened is the representation of all the work that goes into the cultivation, right? So you walk in in there and everything we, it's not about MedCare, it's about the people, it's about the consumer. And we really try to drive that home with everything that we do. So the customer service and, and the way that you're greeted, we try to ensure it's always at the highest level. And so we really say, hey, we got to create an experience here. How, how do we you know make it a destination? And, and one of those ways too, is we have an 18 foot waterfall that's in there. We're building our phase two right now, eventually you'll be able to see through the 18 foot waterfall into the actual cultivation room. So people can see how MedCare grows. They can see, you know, it really coming from the farm to the table type thing. And we're excited about sharing that, you know, and, and that's the thing is I've been through so many things in this process is, you know, I'm always an open book if if I can help someone, someone if I could share somebody and they actually take that and they go execute it. I've I understand how difficult that is. So I respect that with people, you know, and I think, you know, at this point, my job is really to create value for other people. And if I can do that, it creates
0: value back. Yeah. Why did you guys create, decide to create a waterfall? example
1: so that is just about like creating an experience so i said hey you know we want to we want people to see the cultivation we wanted to you know but how do we make it where it's something that's just unique that people get excited you know people take photos in front of it it has our logo on there and then the kicker is you'll be able to see through that into the cultivation how do you set yourself apart so what's great is the people that we have come we have so many first time patients, people that were on the fence about it before. And then as soon as the government said, hey, cannabis is essential, they're like, OK, well, now now the government is saying it's OK, so I could do that, you know, and and it's it just opened up people's minds, I think. And so as difficult as this pandemic has been for people, it's been a great thing for us and the cannabis and, and finding what those opportunities are and creating more awareness and really from an anxiety standpoint from people and, and you know, being able to utilize cannabis has I think been extremely helpful because we'll have families come in. I'll have the mom, the daughter and the grandma. You know, we'll have, you know, ladies that are that are 80 and they'll come up to me and say, Garen, this is because I love talking to people at our store, you know, and building those relationships with people. I always say we're trying to build customers for life and that's what it's about. Be able to talk to them and, and see people's face and, and the expectation that they had walking in and then what they actually experience and how it changes their mind on cannabis is is really impactful. And that's that was really really the mission behind it right is how do i have people see cannabis as i see it and not as hey i'm gonna walk into this place i need to wear a hat and put my hood over so no one sees you know that i'm walking in there you know what i mean and
0: you mentioned the pandemic and how has that changed the way you approach your business do you still have a lot of people coming into the store the retail store or has it become more of a delivery thing now like how have you guys had to adapt to that
1: yeah you know so right away we we said, Hey, here's, here's a problem. How do we find solutions? Right. And so one, we, we made sure that we're able to do curbside. We opened up curbside Two, We rolled out delivery and, you know, we rolled it out a, a couple months earlier than what I planned and, and we're ready for, but, you know, we jumped in it and we, we figured that aspect out and because we wanted to make people as comfortable, you know, to be able to get their, their medicine or their, whether it's recreational or medicinal use, doesn't matter. We want to make it as easy for people to get it as possible. Right. But really our, our store, we're building a lot of momentum every month. We're, we're increasing the people that come in. And so we try to put those procedures in place to protect everybody and and follow the regulations. And sometimes it's, you know, somewhat difficult because we have so many people that come down and that we see on a daily basis, but we work to do that. And we don't allow people in that don't have masks. And some people have an issue with that and that's okay, but I'm not an expert at this and either are you and and we're not gonna put people's lives at risk based on my assumptions or what my opinions are, right? So my job is to protect people and I take that serious and I try to do that to the best of our ability. So we, did, we all you can do is put, just like SOPs for cultivation, all you can do is put the procedures in place to try to minimize the variables and that's kind of our approach to it. But it's been good. I mean, for our businesses, for us, like you know, I feel blessed. It's It's been a, a, a positive for our business.
0: So for those who are not familiar with the area, so you said your easy access off of interstate 15 which is for those who don't know goes starts in california and goes actually all the way through to vegas so it's a kind of a popular route and tell me how you were able to get people to find out about your store what were some of the marketing techniques that you guys incorporate into your business?
1: Yeah, that, that's a great question. I mean, really cannabis, obviously everyone knows you're a little bit limited on how you can do it, but I, I think that's a great thing, right? It sharpens the tools that you have to use and you have to be creative about it. And, you know, one, I, th- I think the biggest thing is, is social media, you know, social media that, that how easy that you're able to get your message out there and get into people's homes is, you know, there's nothing else that's as powerful as that. And if I think it, you know, the main thing is when we talked about that, why, if you really have a true why and you put out that consistent message and people feel it's authentic and genuine, then you're going to be successful. and And that's that's what I'm starting to see now is just a reaction that we get from people is what I said about customers for life. Like we're building that community, you know, and that's really important to me. And we're going to continue to strive to do that. And that's been the biggest challenge, I think, with the pandemic is we would be doing more community focused things if this wasn't here. But you figure out how what you can do to to tap into those things social media is huge for us we do some other marketing we do billboards so that 15 really it connects from san diego to la you know because it that connects to 91 so people use that thoroughfare and then to orange county we're right off the ortega highway uh, pathway that connects to the 15. So there's over 300,000 people that travel north and south on that that corridor. So you, we have a lot of our local residents, but we also capture a lot of people that don't want to sit in the traffic in LA or San Diego to make it to their store that may be local to them, where it's so much easier they don't have to fight the traffic, get off that corridor, and we have great parking they can get in, have a great experience, get out, and back on the road for their commute.
0: Yep. Let's play a little sci-fi here. If you were to get into a time machine, right, and travel back ten years earlier, what would you, your present self, tell your your past self about the business? And some of that, you said that you made some mistakes early on. What would you, what would advice would you give to your um, your ten year ago self?
1: I think the main thing is is just being extremely diligent and never becoming complacent. Every time you become complacent in this industry, something's gonna come and get you. So you you really have to work to minimize the variables. And it doesn't matter, like especially on the cultivation and whether you're sick. I broke my back on in a in an accident after my motorcycle accident, actually.
0: How did you do that?
1: In an accident and um Russian fracture. But I, I still work like I still had to work and uh, it didn't matter. Like I didn't have a choice. Right. Because it didn't matter whether it's Christmas, holidays, the plants need what the plants need. And if you take care of them and you give them what they need, they treat you 10 times better back in return. But if you don't give them what they need, they're going to make your your life miserable. So it's just the biggest thing for anyone that's coming into this industry is, you know, things take 10 times longer than what you expect that they're going to take because of the additional challenges that come along with it. So you got to be patient, but you got to have a sense of intensity along with it as well. And just the commitment level that, it, that you're going to have to bring day in, day out is like no other. You have that one day that you decide, hey, I just don't feel like it today. It has consequences for tomorrow and for the future after that, right? So one thing I always tell myself, and I think you know, it's a little funny, but today I never wanna take shortcuts because it's gonna let my yesterday self down that didn't do that and busted his ass. And I don't wanna let my t- tomorrow self down cause all it's gonna do is create more work for me tomorrow and I'm not gonna get the same result that I could have. But luckily now I got, my focus is on building great team of people that can focus in on those individual tasks and, and be much better at those individual things than what I am.
0: What do you think is the most challenging thing about running a, a business in California specifically? Like what have you guys struggled with the most and how are you overcoming it?
1: That's a great question. So like now we have close to, to 90, about 90 employees, right? And so I think developing the structure of, of communication, developing the culture, and having the expectations in place, but also the accountability that goes along with it, because that's big, right? Like you can put people in certain places, but you still have to manage the expectations with them. You have to get everyone to buy in. We call it the Medicare way. Like if if you want to be a part of something that's bigger than just yourself, where everybody's grinding and sacrificing to try to make that happen, then this is, this is really kind of like the, the Patriots, right? Everyone loves to hate the Patriots, but you can't argue. I with hate the, the
0: Patriots. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. but people go there because they want to win championships they want to be successful they take less money and they want to be a, a part of something that's bigger than themselves because at the end of the day that's what they remember right it's not hey i made a couple more dollars here and, and not even the monetary aspect of it but hey i want to be a part of something that that's meaningful that's long-lasting and that's the opportunity that we have here is there's so many great people that have been in the cannabis industry, but they haven't been able to be W-2'd. They haven't had secure employment. And for us, we can really try to get the best of the best people that share the same mindset that we do. But that's that's been the biggest challenge too, is with how we move and how quickly we operate, it's, it's hard to find those people. And, you know, it's, that's, that's, yeah, it's
0: that's, just... Yeah, that's a been, challenge. Who, who's been the biggest inspiration or some people that have been the biggest inspiration for you in your life?
1: Yeah. So when, when I was little, one person, so, you know, I grew up kind of difficult. My mom, she was, you know, on meth and wasn't really evolved in that way. So I grew up just me and my dad and me and him were, we more like brothers and we helped each other as, you know, best we could. So my dad is one of those people where, you know, if I didn't have him, I really don't know where I would have been. He was extremely hard worker But one of the things with him is he had all these great ideas, but he never went out and did them. So I learned from that. I said, Hey, I I see this man. He works so incredibly hard, but he's not, it's not moving him in the direction that he goes. And he's, has these great instincts, but he's not necessarily capturing that. So I, I learned that from him. So we sometimes we don't always just learn from, we pick, pick things up that are positive and then we learn from people on, on the other end of it too, you know, and I hope my kids learn the same from my strengths and my weaknesses and, and they become evolved and better. So that's one person that really made an impact because it took me to all my sports you know, and all that. And really sports is what r- really saved my life and, and really created a foundation for me. And I had a coach that when I was seven, eight years old, he had one of the mo- biggest impacts. His name was Jeff Johnson. He coached coached me in football and he just developed this, this passion in me for the game. And what I loved about football was it didn't matter where you're from, who you were. When we stepped on that field, it's me versus you. And it's, you know, you you build a team and you work together and you can achieve some special things. And uh, he just, one thing he always said, he got everyone say I love football. And then everyone said, I love football. And just got everyone to really buy in. And and I learned a, a really a lot from him. And I coach football, you know, I coach football for eight years and, and that was my way of giving back. And to me, it's not just about the football, it's about the life lessons that you can really instill
0: on people, but his motivation. Do you have your team at MedCare saying, I love cannabis?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's basically what we do. That's one of my strengths is I can get people you know, hyped up and and to buy in and, you know, and then, but it's not just getting people to buy in. You got to prove it every single day alongside with them. It's one thing to be a boss. It's a different to be a leader. to be pulling it in the the front, right? I never ask anyone to do something that I'm not willing to do and people understand that and they see that.
0: All right. Well, Garen, this has been really interesting. Thank you for being so open. And if people want to find out more about Medcare, what's the best way, aside from uh, going and visiting the shop, what's the best way to to learn about your company?
1: Yeah, so on all the social media aspects, Instagram, Facebook, uh, we're on LinkedIn. Just search on Twitter, Medcare Farms. Instagram is really the thing that we, focus on also our website. We just rolled out a new website. It's you know, trying to make it very interactive and educational. We rolled out MedCare University, just answers a lot of questions that we were getting that we try to, you know, educate people on. And that's at medcarefarms.com, M-E-D-C-A-R-E-F-A-R-M-S.com. And then our address at our store that you can come visit, really experience it for yourself. I'd love to see you guys out. And if you m- mention the podcast, what I'll do is uh, maybe what we'll do is we'll roll out pre-roll. They just got to pay the taxes, but one grand flower pre-roll or one grand flower. So they they mention you at the store, and you know I'm I gotta get that set up now. But if they mention you, get there's you gonna now. be
0: a line outside tomorrow. Now, there I, we go, John. that would be good. That would be a good situation. Be, no, but uh, thank you so much for that. It's very generous of you. So you heard it here first, Mention Green Entrepreneur Podcast, and uh, get a get a pre roll. All you have to do is pay the pre-roll
1: tax gram of our flour. And, and Jonathan, where are you where are you located at?
0: I'm in Los Angeles.
1: You'll have to make the trip. I,
0: I will. I've been to Lake. I went uh, skydiving, and like I guess a lot of people go to Lake Elsinore to go skydiving. But um, but uh, yeah, next time I'm out there, I will definitely swing by and say hello.
1: I, I appreciate that. I'd, I'd love that. I mean, we can spend some time together.
0: That's awesome, Karen. Thank you so much for doing the show, and good luck with the business. Jonathan, thank you. All right, man. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Green Entrepreneur Podcast. To find out more about Green Entrepreneur, you can go to greenentrepreneur.com. Or check out our magazine on newsstands everywhere. Check out our Instagram at Green Entrepreneur. We're also on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and all other social media feeds. If you like this podcast and you'd like to hear more from me, Jonathan Small, check out my other podcast, Right About Now. That's W R I T E to get some in-depth interviews into the lives and stories of successful writers, how they got there, what they learned, and what you need to succeed. That's writeaboutnowmedia.com. Until next episode, we'll THC you later.